My guest this week is Matthew Woodward, blogger and SEO expert. We chat about demystifying SEO and some tips you can use to drive traffic to your website. Welcome to episode 251 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Before we start this week's interview, I just want to give a little plug to another podcast which I've launched over the last week. And this is a joint project with a good friend of mine, Mr. Pascal Fintoni. It's called Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Why two geeks? Well, we're two film geeks. We love our films from Star Wars to True Romance to Die Hard to even to rom-coms. We're really into films. In fact, Pascal used to be a film producer, but we're also career marketers. So this is a segment show, and each week we're going to be talking about... In the news, we're going to be talking about content spotlights where we focus on a piece of content, could be a podcast, could be an article, could be a TV program, and we analyze and review that content. Then we're going to be doing reviews of marketing technology. We're going to be having a look at this week in history. We're going to be focusing on creators and giving them a shout out, people from within our networks. And finally, and this is the most fun bit, we're going to be doing an analysis of a particular film and more importantly, how that film was marketed, but also the lessons that we can take from that marketing and how we can draw those lessons into our own marketing for our own businesses. So please do have a look for that on Spotify, on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. But enough of that, let's talk SEO. Now, for a long time, I thought SEO was a major black art, but Matthew Woodward, my guest this week, gives us an SEO 101. He really makes it simple and gives some great tips for how we can drive the right traffic to our websites. So let's get straight into that interview with Matthew right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Matthew, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Matthew, tell me, where are we Zooming each other from today? Now, I'm up in Edinburgh, Scotland, as always. Well, my my accent might be a, a red herring, but I'm actually based in Costa Rica. I've been here for about eight years now. Um, but originally from Manchester, I'm a, I'm a northern monkey born and bred. <laughs> well, I, do you know what? I would obviously, obviously never have guessed Costa Rica. Uh, I would have definitely said somewhere in the northwest because actually that's where I come from originally. I was born and bred in Blackpool, so okay, only about yeah, 50 miles away, not too far. <laughs> yeah. So what on earth took you to Costa Rica? When did you move there? Well, I run one of the biggest digital marketing and SEO blogs and mm-hmm. a reader emailed me about eight years ago <laughs> and said, no, nine years ago and said, uh, you know, thanks to all your tutorials, everything's helped. It's, you know, you've made significant change in my family, blah, blah, blah. I'd love to buy you a beer. I'm in Costa Rica. At the time, I think I was in Austria. And uh, anyway, four weeks later, I was in Costa Rica. And once I went back to England, I was like, wow, 
I mean, I knew it was bad, but <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now I know how, how, it, how it is in Costa Rica. It, it just felt like a square peg in a round hole once I came mm-hmm. home. So uh, every, all of my energy was just channeled to, to leave in the UK after, after that. That's an interesting backstory, and we, we'll probably dive into that a little bit more. So, as you've said, you you run one of the the biggest SEO blogs, and yep. I, it, you know SEO is a subject I've not tackled on the marketing and finance podcast for at least a year. Probably, if I was okay. to go back through the archives, I'd probably find out it was longer, probably more like <laughs> two years. Um, and for that reason, I'll probably pay, play a bit of daft laddie today because a lot of the uh, listeners of the marketing and finance podcast know about SEO, but they probably don't know much about SEO. But before we get into a discussion about SEO specifically, give me a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, and basically what makes Matthew Woodward tick. And obviously, pepper in a little bit of Costa Rica into that story. Yeah, I mean, sales and marketing's been bred into me from a young age. My dad was one of the most successful car salesmen in the UK now consults you know if, if, if a garage is losing a ton of money he goes in and he fixes it so it's making a lot of money so i've always had sales and marketing kind of driven into me you know mm-hmm. I, I was that kid that was selling pokemon cards i was buying sweets from the store at the bus stop in the morning and selling them individually oh, huge markup you know yeah. <laughs> i'd be knocking on your door asking to wash your car i'd be knocking on your door trying to sell your bloody karate lessons at one point you know i i, I was always doing that through, throughout school and um i think i survived in in like a, a normal what you could kind of job world for about five days right right when i had to join the real and i was looking around like people like 40 50 years old thinking fuck i can't do this yeah <laughs> is this it this better not be it yeah. <laughs> so i was lucky enough to get a job at a huge corporate company in digital marketing very quickly and, and i was light years ahead because i was born and bred on on the web um mm-hmm. I built a video sharing website when I was 12 before YouTube existed. In fact, I had a paper round to pay for it. So I I was kind of like quite far ahead when I came into the corporate world uh, about the digital world. This was a time where people didn't take it seriously. They worried about putting the credit card details in the website, you know, that that kind of state of of affairs. Um, So I had great success there, Uh, ended up being head of digital marketing and anyone that works in the corporate world that's listening right now knows that it sucks, took the exit uh, and decided to pursue my own passions and uh, building various digital properties and businesses online and, and such things. SEO has been with me for decades. It's, it's I live and breathe it. <laughs> it's the first thing I think about when I get up. And the, the, the Matthew Woodward SEO blog was born out of me seeing lots of misadvice, lots of misinformation online, lots of people asking questions in forums and being told wrong answers. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to record what I do every day. Like when I see a question, I'm just going to record the answer and share it and show people. Mm. And that's how the blog was born. It, it, it was never meant to be a business. It was never, it was, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it just exploded. Now, if you go on a blog and hit the testimonials page, there's thousands of testimonials of people who just read a tutorial and double traffic read a tutorial and seeing increases like matthewwoodward.co.uk slash testimonials you'll get bored before you hit the end of the page (laughs) so one of those testimonials of course was someone writing me and saying thank you please come and have a beer in costa rica yeah and that's what i did and here people are relaxed they're nice kind 
always smiling. And when you go back to the UK, especially the North. <laughs> it's grim it's, up it's, North. It's, 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 it's polar opposite, you know. Um, you know, I, I was looking around, walking around my local town and, you know, people have got all the newest phones, they've got nice clothes, they've got everything. And, and they're just so miserable when you look at people's faces, just so miserable. It's like, wow. And, it, and, and I hadn't noticed it before, but once I'd been around people that weren't like that, like, like it's weird as a country, they're just generally upbeat and happy and open and like people just say hel- hello to strangers and start talking to them you do that in the uk people think you're gonna rob them or something you know like, <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah once i'd experienced that side of life it was square peg round hole and i think it took me 11 months to get everything ready and uh, and migrate out to costa rica and i've been here ever since never looked back i mean that's an interesting backstory because effectively what you've done is you've created a business using classic content marketing techniques, effectively writing down a load of questions that people had. In this case, they were asking questions about SEO, and you were turning the answers to those questions into into blogs, into videos, and it created this big reputation for yourself that allowed you to effectively create a business around it and a successful enough business for you to up sticks, leave the UK, and go and live somewhere else. I was already very successful with, with various other web properties. Um, this was just a, a hobby project. A sideline. Um, actually, actually, if you ask my accountant, he'll also tell you it's very much a hobby project. <laughs> <laughs> but it generates a, a, a nice amount of money. We've got uh, It's allowed me to employ a lot of friends and, and help to elevate them. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and ultimately the blog was built on the purpose of elevating others and it, mm-hmm. it's all come full circle you know um if i hadn't built the blog i'd still probably be living in the uk yeah and uh, that i can't tell you how awful that sounds at the moment and that person <laughs> would never have reached out to you and asked you to go exactly. and have that like, beer with him you know and now um i've got a son here you know all of that is 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 really the responsibility of the blog so uh yeah it's been a very interesting journey over the years not a bad life. <laughs> so getting all Bobby basic on you, like I said, I was going to. Obviously, a lot of people listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast, a lot of them work in financial industries. A lot of them are not classically trained marketers, but they probably actually do the role of marketing within their business. Yes. A lot of them aren't big enough to employ dedicated marketing resource. So everybody will have heard of SEO. Most of them will know what it stands for. But I don't know. SEO to me is, again, I, I've always known what it is. I, I, I have the tricks that I've learned over the years that I play with on my own website and for this podcast. But I guess if I look way back, the, we went through that period where SEO was almost like some sort of black art. You know, it was all about backlinks and it might even have been a little bit dodgy if you if you read the wrong um, instructions. It still is. <laughs> and still, still is. And I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll enlighten me yeah. onto that. And, and then we went through this period again where, you know, a lot of people start learning more things and then you start getting into long tail keywords and making sure that you've got the right headings and keywords built into your descriptions and, and all of that sort of thing. So let, yeah. let, let's go back to basics, assuming that sort of level of knowledge. What is SEO and what should we be doing with it? Well, SEO, search engine optimization, the goal of SEO is to increase the amount of qualified traffic coming to your website, which hopefully converts into leads and sales. Essentially, the optimization part of SEO is just giving search engines what they want. That's pretty much what it boils down to. What do search engines want? 
Well, first of all, they want to see a website that is built with a solid structure. Um, the way I like to, to, to explain this to people that know nothing about SEO is, imagine you were opening a retail store, a brick and mortar business in the high street. Would you open that business with all of the shelving installed, all of the products on the shelves, all organized neatly, all with the prices, all with the cashiers, all with you know someone to welcome into the store? Or would you open the store with half of the shelving installed, all the products mixed up, the checkout not kind of working, and no one to help or greet people? Yeah. Technical SEO is making sure that you open the store and all of the aisles are organized neatly and everything is as it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go into quite some detail as to what that actually means in the real world. But if, if you're new to SEO, it's not something that you should be playing with. Just like if you've got a car and you don't know anything about mechanics, you shouldn't be repairing the brakes. But a, a technical, a sound technical SEO foundation is a requirement for SEO success. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you build your, your castle on sand, it's not going to survive the storm. You've got to sure. make sure your castle's built on rock. There are some ways that you can get a, a quick kind of feel for if, if you're built on rock or sand. You can use audit tools like Ahrefs has a site audit tool, which is an SEO tool. SEMrush has a site audit mm-hmm. tool. And they'll give you a, a at least a, a, a bird's eye view, right, of whether your technical SEO is, is, is right. Beyond that, beyond having that foundation set, SEO only boils down to two components, and that is having good content on your site, content that addresses your visitors' concerns, content that helps them convert into leads or sales. Just like if you walk into an Apple store, there's a dude or girl there that's going to find out what you need and point in the right product and explain everything to you. Your content needs to simulate that experience, right? Once that content's in place, after that, it's all about link building. Mm -hmm. Link building is the art of getting one website to link to another website. In essence, this is a voting system. It's an election. A very broad view of it is that the more websites that vote for you, mm-hmm. the higher you will appear in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Now, it's more complicated than that because it's actually a rigged election. For example, <laughs> when the New York Times links to you, their vote is worth way more than my vote, right? Yeah. But that's link building. And usually if you take care of the content, it greases the wheels to make link building really easy. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's SEO in a nutshell. It's giving search engines what they want. So they give you what you want, which is search traffic. A good technical SEO base layered on top with content that addresses your customers, clients, target audience, target markets, fears, concerns, problems, questions, and then link building layered on top of that. That, that is in a nutshell how to be very successful with SEO. Yeah. So where does all the keyword stuff come into it? Long tail keywords and all of that sort of thing. That's just to tell Google, obviously, what your website's about, the sort of questions you're answering, the sort of um, questions people are asking. Is that is that what the keyword part of it's all about? Yeah. The, the keyword is what is being typed into Google? Mm. What, what do you want to uh, appear for? Mm. Now, when we're answering questions like which power drill to buy, yeah, that is a keyword. It's yeah. a question. It's a question that the audience is likely asking. It's a keyword. So you want to be answering that question through your content, indicating 
to Google that your content is is about that specific question. It's just making sure it's included in the title within the content. And there are tools. And if, if anyone's running WordPress, you can install a plugin called Rank Math or Yoast. Some of Yoast. you may all be running Yoast. And that will give you a very, very top level look at optimization, mm-hmm. how well your content is optimized for a specific keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to go into actual real optimization, you would use a tool called Surfer SEO. Mm-hmm. Surfer SEO, you put in the keyword you want to rank for, you put in the URL of your current page, and that will go away and analyze the top 20 search results from Google and compare them with your page mm-hmm. and tell you where you need to make specific changes to your content. Right. Uh, it's a great tool. Like, people are having amazing results with it, and you don't need any SEO knowledge to use it. You can literally just bang in any keyword and piece of content that you've already got and start optimizing based on the instructions it gives you. It's very clear. It's very specific. That sounds really interesting. I mean, one of the things that I suppose from my point of view, when I think about keywords is the the internet is absolutely flooded with content. And, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, you need to be really really focused with your keywords so that you're all going to stand out for your, so to use your example, you know, power drill, the keyword on your website isn't going to be power drill because if you do a search for power drill, I imagine there are millions upon millions of answers across the world. You know, it's not even enough to say power drills in the UK because I imagine there are hundreds and hundreds of answers to that question. You might start to get it if, you know, uh, I want to buy a power drill intranet in Edinburgh within the postcode of EH22 um, on a Saturday afternoon between three and four. You know, I'm being a bit flippant there, but sometimes it seems to me that, you know, how on earth can we actually play the Google system and actually come up with these keywords? Another example is I've done quite a lot of um, work on keywords within YouTube, which is obviously part of the same same sort of um, Google edifice, if you like. And again, people have said, oh, no, you have to be specific in targeting your keywords. So a lot of the content I do is answering market que- marketing questions. Yeah, but if you yeah. if you put in, you know, even, even quite long tail marketing keywords come back with a really bad result because it's quite simply hundreds of millions of videos and bits of content out there answering the same question. So I do get to this stage in my head was where is is the internet saturated so much that actually you need something like that tool that you described before. Um, what was it called? Surfer? Surfer SEO. Surfer SEO. You need a, t- a piece of software like Surfer SEO to give you any sort of chance of showing up in Google search, unless you are so niche that it genuinely is my flippant example of buying a power drill in a certain postcode in a certain part of Edinburgh on a certain day of the week. Yeah, well, uh, one of the big mistakes people make when it comes to selecting keywords is they get attracted by the potential search volume. Mm. For example, if there's 300,000 people a month searching for the term power drill, but there's only 500 people a month searching for buy a power drill, yeah. most people will be attracted by that huge search volume of power drill. But I'm going to go after buy a power drill, a much signif- smaller search volume, because mm. the, the intent is listed within that keyword. The customer is literally telling you, I want to buy a power drill. So if I sell power drills, that's who I want to be hitting my website. Mm. I don't want the person to be that's just searching power drill to hit my website because they might be looking for power drill repairs, which means they've already got one, can't sell them one. They might be using like, they might not even know what it is. They might be searching for like, what's a power drill used for? 
but they're just searching for power drill. They don't know what it is. Mm. Keyword selection is very much something that needs to be done in line with your specific business goals. Yeah. And what I tend to find is people choose their keywords in line with search volume (laughs) (laughs) when it, it should actually be in line with business goals. Now you can look up exactly how many searches a keyword gets per month in Google from any country. Mm-hmm. You can either use the Google AdWords Keyword Planner. If anyone's got a Google AdWords account, you can use that. You can use a tool called Ahrefs, and you can use a tool called SEMrush, and they mm. will tell you how many people per month are searching for any given keyword in your target country. Um, but the most important thing, and it's a d- discipline, it's something that you have to learn over time, is when you're selecting which keywords to target, it really is it's a discipline to ignore search volume and just focus on what aligns to your business goals. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to then doing your competitor research and you, and you feel like the internet's already flooded with this answer, this question's already been answered a million times, you're right, it has. However, it's probably being answered a million times really badly because for the most part, when people are producing content, they're just trying to get it out and done as cheap and quick as possible. That is unfortunately the nature of the beast that Google created with link building Mm. um, and it encourages people to do that. However, if you do a search for your target keyword and you open the current top 10 results, I guarantee that you can write a list of pros and a list of cons for each of those top 10 results, things you like, things you don't like for each one of those. Yeah. That will give you everything you need to create the content that is missing, even Mm -hmm. though it feels saturated. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting insight. And again, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I, was, I was sort of thinking I was making a joke before about the power drill in a certain postcode in Edinburgh on a certain day. But actually, if your business is selling power drills in Edinburgh mm-hmm. in a certain postcode- You want to be there, yeah. You absolutely want to be there. And, and, and okay, there might not be hundreds of millions of people searching for that buy a power drill in that postcode in Edinburgh. But if there's enough of them- to keep your to make your business profitable, then it's it's what you want to do. It's the key word. Yeah, if, you want if, to go if, after. if it if it costs you twenty pound to put the content together and maybe thirty pound on the link building, and it brings you one sale a month. Yep. How long until you've made ROI? Exactly. Exactly. And and when they come in and buy a drill, what do they also buy? Oh, they they, they buy the screws. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the saw. Oh, oh, yeah. oh! You, you got your protective equipment, mate. You, well, you yeah. need a helmet, and, uh, goggles, and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know that's the power of keyword selection and making sure you do it right. Because once you do it, so it aligns to your business goals, um, you just grow it exponentially. You know, it's it's a classic mistake though that I see all the time. Yeah. So, so what what's the process you take your customers through? Because obviously, SEO is your business. Um, a lot of the questions that people have about SEO, you're answering through the content on your website. But what's the process you take people through when they actually come to you for help? Um, if they're coming to us for help, um, it, different people need different levels of help, right? And different people are in different stages of the SEO journey. Some people have internal writing resource, some people have existing things going on, right? So mm. what we do really depends on, on, on the client. Um, but let's assume that you're starting from a completely blank slate. Yeah. The first thing that any business should be doing is looking at, at what kind of topics and then within those topics, what types of keywords are going to attract the type of customer they want to walk in their store. Mm. whether that store is digital or physical. Mm. What 
types of questions, what types of things are these people going to be searching for that I want in my store? From there, once you've come up with that list and you can qualify that list using data from Ahrefs and SEMrush that will tell you the search volumes and tell you a predicted difficulty of how hard it will be to rank. Mm. And from there, you can make your selections, create content. If you're not sure about which content to create, do the searches, open the top 10 results. Google is literally telling you what they want mm. with those top 10 results. Mm. So open the results, write a list of what you like, what you don't like about each one, and then create your piece of content. With your content created, and then you need to go out and do link building. Link building, you can either outreach to other websites in in your industry and, and try and get links to them. Honestly, link building is, is kind of a very specialist thing. Uh-huh. For most business owners, they should outsource it. However, yeah. there are huge risks with outsourcing it because it, it's easy to get stung. The service that's run by my internal team is called links.rank.com. We do a, a number of quality control checks that, that no one else does. I suppose this is where we get into that black arts, and, do, slightly dodgy territory that I was looking at before, that I mentioned before. Yes, link building is a very dodgy territory. If done wrong, it can yeah. cause huge damage to your business for the long term. Mm. Now, what most link building services do is they just build a list of websites that have a write for us page. Right. What a write for us page is basically a website advertising that they sell links mm-hmm. or provide links in exchange for a fee or mm-hmm. allow anyone to publish a link on their page. Mm-hmm. And what most link building services do is build a big database of those types of sites so that they can charge whatever it is for the link and then they just go to that site and buy the link, right? Mm. The problem is Google's well aware of write for us pages. Um, it's it's a strategy that's been done to death over the last 10 years. Yeah, And it wouldn't take more than 10 minutes for a, an engineer to write a classifier to detect and devalue all of that. And once you hit a certain number of those in your portfolio, Adios. <laughs> so unfortunately, that's the way most link building services are built. Mm. It's the easiest way to build such a service um, because you literally just go into Google, search for write for us business, write for us finance, write for us dog training, right? And, and you build your database across all of the different verticals, right? It's just a dirty way of doing it. it, it it's quick. It is easy. People do make a ton of money selling those kinds of links. Um, but unfortunately, long term, they're not going to add any value to your business. And ultimately, they will hurt you. Yeah. Um, so link building is very much something that you, even if you're not doing it and you're outsourcing it, you need to pay close attention to what is being produced. And it would not be a disservice for you to take the links that, that are being built for you and having somebody else independently review them because if they're done wrong the amount of damage they can do to your business in fact i've got a client right now that went from making 200 grand a month to five grand wow overnight just because they just they effectively overstepped the mark and they got they got effectively shut down by google exactly yeah um so we're working to recover them now had they been paying attention to link building this this wouldn't have happened Mm. and it would probably cost them a thousand dollars a month to, to, yeah. to protect against. So, the, so, so the, uh, the way you do it is obviously different and you're creating legitimate links with companies that genuinely will benefit the market that you're in. 
Yes, we have a, 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 a very, in fact, any pay, any site that has a right for us page is on our blacklist. Mm. Any site that I'm sure business owners are, that are listening have received emails when they're like, hey, I can place your link on these 10 sites. Here's a URL. They're all on yeah. our blacklist. Yeah. If the site's been advertised for sale anywhere publicly, it's on the blacklist. And then there's a number of technical things that even beyond that, there's a number of technical things that you need to be aware of and, and check through. It takes about 15 minutes to review each link and make right. sure that it is as it is meant to be. Because quite often when you're working with a site to place a link, they do sneaky things as well. Yes. So if you've not got a quality control process in there and, and you're just handing it off, which is what most people do, it, it, it's a nightmare. Um, we, we, we soft launched a service about a month ago, but we started building it at the start of 2017. It took us that long to wow. get to a point where we can guarantee quality every time. Mm-hmm. If you are scared of link building, which you should be. Um, <laughs> Outsource are, it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, yes, but there are some quick win things that you can do as well. Mm. Um, not not everyone starting from a, from a blank sheet right and it's probably fair to say anyone listening is not starting from a blank sheet and i've already have a site that's getting some level of organic traffic from google it's getting yeah. some conversions it's ranking it it's pulling down something right it's got some established relationship with google traffic if that's the case what we tend to find is that sites are often sat on a search traffic gold mine without knowing it because right. they haven't optimized well first of all they're not aware that the opportunity exists mm-hmm. And then second of all, they haven't optimized for the opportunity. Every new junior SEO that comes into our business, we teach them our quick win SEO process. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's the first thing we teach them is because it's super easy to learn. Anyone can pick it up. It it doesn't matter what, as long as you know how to drive a mouse and a keyboard, you're good, (laughs) right? Um, It's simple to execute, which is important. And most importantly, though, it delivers the results quickly. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to see increases after about the second or third week of, of applying it. Right. Um, I love teaching that to the new junior SEOs because straight away within their first month of employment, they're like, they're oh like, they feel goodness. like they did something. <laughs> you know what? They, yeah. they, 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 they have ownership of a result. You know, yeah. they're like, I did that. And I'll be like, yeah, you did that. You know, and, and I, I, that, that's how I like to create things moving forward. So, the quick win SEO process, if, if anyone wants to follow it, um, if you go on my homepage, matthewwoodward.co.uk, there's, there's a three-part video series that teaches you that exact quick win SEO process. I've had tons of amazing feedback for it. Um, so I'm sure anyone listening that steps through that will also see the same or similar kind of results. Well, do you know what? As I said to you before, we haven't really covered SEO for a while on the Marketing and Finance podcast. And I'm sitting here thinking now, even when we did cover it, it was really the first two bits. It was deciding on the keywords that you're focusing on. It was secondly, creating the content. We haven't mm-hmm. really done much about the link building. And and if you're a long-term listener of the Marketing and Finance podcast and you recognize that in your own business, then I think it would be a really good idea to go and subscribe to that video series that Matthew's just described. I know that I'm going to do it as soon as we've stopped recording this uh, podcast because I'm intrigued to find out what that simple technique is. You did a really good job of creating mystique around that there, Matthew. And uh, I'm certainly going to um, have a look. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, look, the most effective SEO is simple SEO. I always see like people overcomplicating it. Yeah. Even experienced SEOs, it's not that hard. It's, just 
build a solid site structure, build great content, build great links. That's it. Obviously, how you do that, there's, there's variation within it and, and, and there's pitfalls, um, but it's not that complicated. And look, if anyone's listening um, and struggling with link building and you want to learn hands-on yourself how to do it rather than rely on someone else to do it for you, if you again, if you hit my blog, matthewwoodward.co.uk forward slash SEO, Scroll down a little bit. There's a link building section there. And I think right now there's 18 different link building strategies that you can try out for yourself. Each one of them, well, the vast majority have a video stepping you through exactly how to execute them, how they work. So it's right there, you know, um, if, if, if anyone wants to learn. But it is a steep learning curve. It's not something that you should learn on an established site that's making money. And, and, and quite often, most people haven't got the time nor the... The, <laughs> the will to, to learn. They just want it done and done to a high standard. If that's the case, outsource it to a trustworthy service. Um, mine's links that rank.com. I recommend those. Um, authority builders, uh, they're a competitor, but they're very good as well. I recommend those. So they're, they're your options. Fantastic. Matthew, we've covered quite a lot today. And, and as we draw the interview to a close, I, I usually ask the question, what's the one big thing you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from all the experience you've had building your businesses over the years? I suspect you could probably just said it, but is there anything else that you'd like to share with the, the listeners before we go? Um, one of the things I find lacking in SEO and, well, actually, a lot of day-to-day things as well is the power of observation. It's a lost art. Mm. Just taking a step back and observing, just looking, not speaking, not listening, just looking. Like it's it's a really a lost art, I, I, I think. And in SEO, a lot of my successes have come from the power of observation. You know, when Google releases an update, is oh SEO is dead. Oh, link building. Blah, 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 blah. And it's, no, just look. Just open your eyes. Do some searches and just just see. You know, like you were saying, all of the content. Oh, it's been done a thousand times. It's saturated. Well, yeah, but if you just use the power of observation, you can see where the opportunities lie, right? You, you don't need an expensive tool. You don't need anything, right? And um, digital marketers especially, we, we're so obsessed with data and numbers and big data and all of this other stuff, you know, artificial intelligence. Like, we just fail to use our own eyes and brains a lot of the time. Um, so that's the, the, the probably the biggest contributing factor to my success over the years and the common mistake that I see um, is, is the use of power of observation. Matthew, you've, you've already mentioned your website, so I'll include the website link in the show notes for the podcast, but anywhere else people can contact you, Twitter, LinkedIn, where do you hang out? Um, I'm not very active on social, really. If you send me a social media message, you'll probably feel like I'm ignoring you. I'm not, I just don't. I just don't. <laughs> look at it um, so, um the, the 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 best way is through the matthewwoodward.co.uk blog um every piece of content you're free to ask questions on and i will answer them um and there's also a contact me page as well if you want to get in touch for any reason great stuff well i will include the link to the matthewwoodward.co.uk in the show notes for the podcast which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf that's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf matthew 
Fascinating to talk to you um, this afternoon. That's why I love doing podcasting so much. I always learn things when I'm interviewing people, (laughs) and I'm hoping that the people listening to the show are also learning things. Let me wish you every success for the future. I usually say to my guests, let's meet up for a coffee or a beer at some point. Given that you're in Costa Rica, it's not going to be as easy as coming down (laughs) to Manchester. Hey, you can come to me. We've got a great coffee here, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But one day, you never know, a coffee or a beer in Costa Rica, once the lockdown's lifted and we're not having to wear face masks anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'll be nice. <laughs> Thanks for your time. And uh, any anyone listening, please, any questions, SEO, anything you're hesitant about, everything you're worried about or you're not sure, just drop me any, an email or a comment and, and I'll help you out. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.